listening to Ill to the Flame, a podcast for sickly fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Sickly Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Sickly Peter. Hello, Frank. That's not just a joke, listener. We are both somewhat <laughs> under the weather, aren't we, we, Peter? Yeah, we thought we'd got ahead of recording while we were sick, because we, we had a few in the bank, but situation, circumstances beyond our control have acted. So here we are. Yeah, I think it's the first time ever that I've said to you that I wasn't available to record. <laughs> I actually had to take a moment and think, my head hurts so much, maybe I shouldn't do this. But, I mean, with what we're about to reveal, it's definitely worth it, I think. So yeah. So what are we talking about, Peter? Well, it's uh, very exciting to say, once again, we've been sent a card by FFG for us to uh, unleash on our on our audience. Yeah, thank you so much, FFG. This is just incredible to have another card to to reveal. And we can safely say it's from a class we've not done before. <laughs> In a manner of speaking, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Before we talk about the card, sorry to keep everyone in suspense, should we just do the rules first so everyone knows where we're coming from? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, and I should probably add as well that we're doing these rules without being 100% sure. So anything that we say here could be changed, corrected, altered at a later date. So don't take us as gospel, just take us as using our best guess. So yes. if this is all sounding very obscure and um, oblique to you, it's because we've been sent one of the new dual class or multi-class cards coming up in the secret name, which is the first Mythos pack of the Circle Undone cycle. And that means we need to get our heads around how multi-class cards work. What does a multi-class card look like, Frank? That's my first question. I'm glad you asked, Peter. So (laughs) these cards are identified by their golden hue and dual class icons. So it looks like a normal player card, but it's golden. And it has two icons in the top right-hand corner for the two classes it fits in with. This has led to all sorts of confusion for people because... If a card is, say, Guardian and Mystic, can someone like Roland take it? Because he doesn't have access to Mystic cards, but he does have access to Guardian cards. And all we have to go on so far is this news article announcing the multi-class cards. So we're slightly in the dark, but I've done a bit of investigating and spoken to a few people, including playtesters, and tried to get my head around how they work. So I I think the simplest way, I'm just going to dive in and explain as I understand them, Peter, if that suits you. Yeah, it might be interesting. So, well, should we say what classes this card is? And then we can give some examples against, before we say exactly what the card is? Yeah, sure, sure. So the card we've been sent is a Guardian and Rogue card. Straight off the bat, anyone who is a Guardian can take this. Anyone who is a rogue can take this, and anyone who is both can take it. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, so if you think of the card as being both fully guardian and fully rogue, if you have your main class access as one of those two, or a sort of an unlimited off-class access as one of those two, you're pretty much fine. So if you're, say, Skids, you've got access to both, you're fine. If you're Mark Harrigan, you've got access to guardian, you're fine. Where it gets more complicated is if you're an investigator who has limited access to one or more classes. And at that point, when you start including these multi-class cards in your decks, 
they start counting towards your limited number of slots. So for our example, a Guardian Road card, Peter, if you want to give us a couple of examples. Well, let, let's jump back to the Dunwich Legacy and pick some of the investigators there. Because it's a Rogue and Guardian card, Jenny can take it, although the Guardian part of it counts against her five out-of-class slots. Mm-hmm. So Jenny could take two of this card and then three further off-class cards. If we look at Jim, Jim can take... He can take Guardian and Rogue cards, but they both count against his off-class limit. So this would count as two cards against his limit. So Jim could As far take, as we understand it. As far yeah. as we understand it, yeah. So Jim could take two of this card and then one further off-class card. So really it's the Dunwich Gators and then some of the people like um, Finn and Carolyn and Marie who have limited number of other slots. Lola especially. And then Lola is a weird option because she has requirements and if she were to take this it would count for one of her seven guardian cards and for one of her seven rogue cards in one card i don't envy your man programming uh, arkham db to sum (laughs) this up when these cards come out little behind the scenes of arkham db these cards have caused more discussion and frustration among (laughs) the scribes of the db than anything else the problem i've got is where do i put them in my binder yeah 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 and I mean, the problem I have, and I'm not excessive sorter or programmer, is are the multi-class cards any good? Because I find them quite hard to sort of compare to anything because they seem to just, they're like, they're like neutral plus cards in my head. I've not quite got my head around them. So yeah, that's just an idle thought. Right. That's enough fiddling around with the rules. Should we look at the actual card? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Who, who gets to read this? I think you do. Okay, I'll go for it. Right first. Okay, so it is a six-cost asset. Already, this is exciting. It is a 45 Thompson, as discussed. It is a Guardian and Rogue card. It has a single combat pip. It has the item, weapon, firearm, and illicit traits. And it has uses, five ammo. Action, spend one ammo. Fight. You get plus two combat and deal plus one damage for this attack and it uses two hand slots. Used by both gangsters and police officers, the fully automatic Thompson submachine gun was favoured due to its accuracy and high volume of fire. Just delightful. Yeah. Delightful. I showed this card to Andrea, and she said, used by both gangsters. Which two gangsters is that then? (laughs) (laughs) She's a one. She is, yes. She should get a job doing some sort of comedy writing. That'd be right up her street. <laughs> she should. She should. Yeah. So what's your gut feel on this card, Frank? Uh, beefy. That's my gut feel. Yeah, strong, I think. I mean, it's like, it feels big. We saw this just after the um, the fifth myth- Mythos pack with an incredibly expensive ally was revealed. So I was in that mode of thinking, wow, expensive cards. This is big. It's like... It's like the upgraded 45 in that it's giving you plus two combat and plus one damage, but you get more ammo for it at the cost of both of your hands. Yeah. What's your first thought? Well, exactly that. It was like a, like a souped up 45, which makes sense, I guess, uh, because it's a 45, bigger 45 gun. So mm. the two significant differences, I guess, aside from, well, the significant difference aside from the cost is the fact that now rogues can take it as well. Mm-hmm. So we're not yeah. only comparing this to a 45, but also comparing it to the uh, Derringer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it fits better there. I think it's 
a consistent boost and damage boost is nice for rogues if you're building a, a very combat-heavy rogue. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned rogue because I think probably my, you know, a second after thinking beefy, I thought sleight of hand. And being able to slight this out and take three or four shots, depending on which rogue you're playing, each at plus two for plus one damage, and then getting it down again later, that feels, yeah, super nice. For some reason, I think this fits really nicely in someone like, I don't know, Leo maybe? Because he can top it up with Venturer if he's doing that kind of thing. He can play sleight of hand on it. He can contraband it as well. You know, playing contraband on this, you've got then a 10 ammo, 45 Thompson. Seems pretty good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I've been saying for a while that sorry this is a, a, a tangent but i've been saying for a while there's only one rogue card that preston can't play or one card he has access to that preston can't play in turn and when i saw this i was like oh no that messes up my maths <laughs> yeah. but no preston can't yeah. take this anyway because it's illicit yes i may have sent you a bunch of messages about how good this is going to be in preston yeah. only to see the trade yeah. Yeah. yeah but you know that's fine what i do think so you you mentioned leo who is obviously a guardian uh, rogue the one thing that, that struck me when I saw this is, do we maybe see this being a hint at what's to come with Michael McGlenn? Is he called Michael mm. McGlenn? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gangster. So he, he's our hypothetical rogue punchy person. Mm-hmm. Maybe he likes this. Maybe this is a hint that he's going to be a, a rogue guardian or something. Yeah. And he yeah, likes, he likes be. beating people up and shooting them. Yeah. Or he could be a rogue something else and he'd still get access to this. So, yeah. I think the other thing, though, to just loop back to what you mentioned about Preston and the cost, is this does make me think, whoa, that's quite the investment. Yeah. You're paying essentially one more than you would pay for five shots on a 45, if a 45 cost five instead of four. Wow, this is really taking us back to episode one, isn't it? Yeah, All the way back to those kind of one ammo for plus one and plus one damage. But So yeah, you're you're paying over the odds for the ammo because you're paying plus two for the ammo, but you get plus two combat on all your shots. And that makes me think that, yeah, as you suggested, maybe rogues who like the combat boost would like it, or maybe off-class guardians more generally. So maybe someone like Joe Diamond might like this as well. If you if you're built towards either not using your hands or using a bandolier and you filling your hands that way. Well, that that was the other thing that sprung to mind was especially if you've got level two bandolier because that gives yeah. you a nice boost to your willpower. The, the issue is, of course, that of all the classes, guardians are the ones that struggle the most for money. Yes. Yeah. So there's a it's a real like give and take but this isn't the guardian <laughs> card peter it's a guardian well, it's road not, no. card yeah yeah so but that's, so anyone that's where can... i think you know rich off-class rogues or or rogues with off-class guardian or just access might like this more i wondered i'm glad you mentioned the cost because i wondered if we're going to see more economy this you know, certainly more resource generation this cycle and i think it's just having seen as I mentioned earlier, an expensive ally. And I've seen a few other cards that I've thought the cost is creeping up a little bit. And it's just made me think that now with lots of different versions of emergency cash, every faction and having at least one other way of reducing the cost of cards as well, it feels to me like it might be the the kind of the cost curve of decks might be creeping up a little bit. Yeah. And certainly historically, when I play solo, I keep my costs very low 
and try and just squeak through. But recently I've been playing as Preston, who makes money for days. And I'm sure, you know, Carolyn is also great at generating resources across the team. So maybe we're just going to see a bit more of a, hey, that's a funny one, actually. Carolyn provides resources for everyone. Joe has an inbuilt reduction of costs. Preston has crazy resources. Diana gets resources for cancelling things. That's four of the six new investigators all have some kind of economy-related ability. Yeah, yeah, good point. The idea of Carolyn with a, a machine gun under a lab coat is, is quite something. <laughs> she, she fights at four then. Yeah. She's, you know, she's trying to keep up. Yeah, I see her more as helping someone else pay for it. And so maybe to go back to what you said about Joe, just you can tell that I'm ill because my head's all over the place, but... The Joe thing, you could either have him where this is the only thing you have in your hands or you could do the bandolier thing because her, his signature is also two-handed. So he lends himself quite nicely. I mean, he's basically wearing a bandolier already. He lends himself quite nicely to extra hand slots for those magnifying glasses or machete or whatever it is. Yeah, he almost feels like... I know a lot of Guardians run lots of different weapons and then swap between them. This maybe feels mm-hmm. like you're going to run fewer weapons but they're going to count when you get them into play. Uh, so yes. you know it's going to be the forty-five, and then you also add the kind of the extra ammo, those kind of cards to your deck, rather mm-hmm. than like yeah. playing new weapons all the time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing that we have seen slowly get development, but not very much, is cards that play off ammo, and having enough ammo to spare to use those effects. Like certainly we've seen one announced for this cycle where you have to spend an ammo to play the card. So you actually then want cards that have enough ammo that you've got shots to spare, like the BAR or maybe this. Yeah, it's a bit of a scary proposition, isn't it? If this was in both of your hands and you run out of ammo, you then yeah. you're floundering until the machete comes down. Well, that's why you run uh, Yorick with active desperation, I guess. Yes, yeah. Throw the yeah. gun at them. Throw the gun at them and get the six resources back. Yeah, which is lovely. Setting you up then to replay it or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, kind of exciting. Fun fun new toy, I think. Yeah, it, it, it definitely goes into this... It's it's not a totally novel card, except for the fact it's dual faction. Mm. Its effect is similar to a lot of other cards, but it's how it sits amongst all those other cards. It's how it exactly fits that niche that you want in your deck. And I love the fact that mm. we're getting more chance to customize that and and more personality that we can add to our decks yes yeah i love the idea of say you were the say you were playing joe or finn and you were the fourth player in a campaign and so you weren't being required to do any fighting but you needed it like a combat option maybe you just run this and you you go around making your money with dr milan or whatever it is and then suddenly this drops and you start machine gunning ghouls and your your playing buddies are all going what the hell where did that come from <laughs> like choose it like purely as a flavor win that finn now has a tommy gun rather than for any other reason okay so there's another thing that's maybe us worth thinking about which is that in pack 3 for the greater good the announcement to that pack alluded to the fact that some of these multi-class cards would in fact split into their constituent classes so that you would end up with two different versions of the same faction card, but one for faction one and one for faction two. 
which means I get to ask you, Peter, what does the Guardian leveled up 45 Thompson look like and what does the Rogue look like? This is all hypothetical. Oof, that's a good question. <laughs> Thank um, you. More... I, should, I should add, we don't even know if that's going to happen to every no. off cl- uh, multi-class card. We, we just This is just guesswork here. So the, the Rogue weapons have often been about some trick associated with the weapon whether mm-hmm. that's making it fast or whether it's an additional effect on a high success. So if I was going to guess, I would say that for this weapon. Mm-hmm. And the Guardian path would make it more reliable. Mm. Maybe with more ammo or or reduced cost. So, yeah, so the, I can see the cost, cost coming down and maybe the ammo going up. Yeah. Five cost for six ammo, something like that. Yeah, yeah, t- t- yeah. That would be my 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 guess. Would be that rogue. If you succeed by a certain amount, maybe it does bonus damage. Yeah, and then the guardian one would be a reduction in cost or an increase in the ammo. There you go. What yeah. do you think? Nice. Um, the other thing, rogue rogue uh, weapons at higher levels often do is add much bigger boosts to your combat as well. So maybe there'd be something about spend an extra ammo for an extra plus two or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's similar to the, the typewriter, isn't it? Yeah, typewriters spend actions to uh, to do to get more more of a boost. Yeah, yeah. Or or maybe it would be maybe the the rogue version would have less ammo but do more damage because you'd just be spraying. <laughs> it would be uh, yeah holding the trigger down. So so interestingly, sorry, the flavor text says. Yeah, gangsters and police officers obviously relates to Rogue and Guardian, right? Mm-hmm. It then says, favoured due to its accuracy and high volume of fire. Does accuracy translate to, you know, a better shot with a Guardian and high volume of fire being the Rogue's tendency to just spray and pray? Yeah, yeah, Maybe? potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense to me anyway. I don't know. You could, I mean, we could, the the only sort of, fair assumption we could make with the, would is that it would be 3 XP because that's certainly what we've seen for the other multi-class cards that they hit that 3 XP threshold so they're gated to their their faction only so a 3 XP rogue weapon is like Lupara which is very hard to compare to this and so maybe slightly under the power curve of the Chicago typewriter and 3 XP guardian is yeah under the under the curve you know, under the cost for like the Springfield flamethrower, lightning gun, something, yeah, slightly less flash than that, but probably better than the forty-five automatic level two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. That is the forty-five Thompson, a six-cost, five-ammo, big gun <laughs> at level zero. I can't believe it's at level zero. It seems so strange. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever run Leo De Luca and the forty-five Thompson? Oh my. Uh, that's a hell of a cost curve, isn't it? Yeah, four cards in your deck that cost six. Yeah, maybe I don't know. If anyone can make the money, it's a rogue, isn't it? Yeah, I think like sleight of hand skids, running them both, and making big money with hot streak level four and things like that might might be worth it. Yeah, maybe before he upgrades to something like a Chicago typewriter to get the most out of sleight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. Well, although this is the say, this is one less damage than that, yeah, because you still get the plus two from the typewriter or from this for the first action. So, yeah, 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, Probably definitely. Interesting. Yes, yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a interesting deck building decision. I think it's a it's a juicy one for people to get their teeth into when they're sitting down yeah. trying to build a guardian or a rogue fighting character. Mm, yeah, flavorful as well. Definitely, yes. Cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this short episode. Yes. And uh, a bonus reminder, uh, we are running our first Arkham event, a Drawn to the Flame Arkham event, Arkham in Flames. That's happening in London on the 9th and 10th of March. We'll put all the details in the description, but it's Mm going to be so much fun. We're going to be doing labyrinths, lots of other Arkham stuff. There's going to be a quiz, going to be prizes prizes galore i know people have been so generous people have just been getting in touch saying i I really want to give you something to give away so frank and i are having to bash our heads together and think of ways of giving away all this stuff yeah yeah. but it's really exciting and it'd be a great chance to meet lots of other arkham players that's the core thing we really wanted to to do uh and i think it's already been a success in terms of that because we've got a good number of people going everyone's going to get together and play some arkham together it's going to be good fun I mean, I think by a good number of people going, we should say that we think it's the biggest Arkham event ever that's not run by FFG. So yeah. that's good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Big numbers. Super exciting. If you want tickets for that, you can find them on uh, Eventbrite. What we'll do is we'll put the links in the description to the episode so you'll be able to find them easily. And I think I'm going to do some hype generating on Facebook as well over the next couple of days. Check it out for sure. It's so worth it. If you don't think you can make the whole weekend, you can still get a ticket and get in touch about what you can or can't do. There's going to be so many goodies for all ticket holders that it's really not worth missing out on for sure. And even if it's just a last minute thing where you manage to pick up a ticket and come down and play for an afternoon, there's going to be so many Arkham Horror fans there. It's going to be so fun and exciting. So yeah, check it out. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, we're drawn to the flame on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're also drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. That's our email. And you can also support us on Patreon. We hit 100 patrons, which is just incredible. Thank you so much to all of our current, past and future patrons. It's amazing. That's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash drawn to the flame. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on uh, Facebook and Discord and Reddit and all places. Uh, how about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's EPH underscore BEE. And I'm around the places, Zooey Glass or Zozo. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. <coughs> Excuse me. You can leave that in as proof that I'm ill, Frank. <laughs> okay, shall we?